0: I'm so excited about things coming up and, and even just right after service, some of you realized last week that uh, we've moved where we have coffee and where you come in and we have coffee beforehand and then we also have coffee and pastries afterwards and it's just right in the back. So we encourage you to uh, stick around for a few minutes, go to the back, be able to connect with people and. Um, you know, next week is Mother's Day, and that is just huge. It's a great, yeah, yeah, we, we, we can give it up for moms early, right, right? Okay, and uh, so so here's the thing. Mother's Day is is the third largest attended service out of all Christian services a year. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to invite people for that. Family, friends, just just let them know, hey, you know what? It's Mother's Day. Uh, It'd be a great thing for you to come out. We'd really like to honor. If it's a mom, let them know that that what they do really matters. And so we're actually going to have kind of like an Easter time and the continental breakfast out there, and it'll just be a great time. And we'll have an opportunity for pictures and uh, for people to get together and, and family pictures. So I want you to just put that. On your radar and be like, who am I going to contact? Let me send some texts out, let me send some emails, let me make a few uh, phone calls this week. Uh, But the reason why we have people to come to church, why is it so important? It's because we believe that life change happens as we open up God's Word, as we come together as as a body, that God does amazing things. And I think He's going to do that today as, as we look at His Word. But, you know, as as I'm preparing and as I'm getting ready for our text, I was thinking about just relationships. All of us have relationships throughout the week. We have these people that we engage and we encounter. And for some of those people, you know, when you're talking to them, you're trying to get things kind of worked out. You're trying to get on the same page. You're trying to mediate. You're trying to connect. And you're like, wow, these people, their minds are kind of like concrete. And, uh, you know, what, what, I mean, what I mean by that is that, that, that they're all mixed up and they're, they're totally set in their ways, you know. And, and so a lot of times we're like, how do we break through that? How do we break through where people are at? Well, the same thing's true for us is that God wants to break through Our lives. And he doesn't just want to do a 2.0. He doesn't want to just do an upgrade on us. He wants to give us a new mind, a new way of seeing life and how we respond to it. And so, since Easter, we saw the resurrection of Christ. And since that, and we'll continue to go on for a few more weeks, we'll be looking at the people that encountered. Jesus after the resurrection. And so this happened on Sunday. And so if you turn in your Bibles to John, John chapter 20, we're going to look starting in verse 18. It says, Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. I mean, could you imagine the excitement just right there? It'd be like, whoa, wait a second. What happened? You encountered the Lord. What? You saw Jesus. Whoa. You know, pop the cork. You know, let's celebrate. You know, let's have this great time. You know, this this is awesome. This is so good. You know, hey, well, we'll we'll sit down and we'll just enjoy a, a meal and we'll celebrate. Oh, wow. What a good thing. But so many times, we kind of almost fall in the same place of hearing about something great. And then we kind of do what the disciples did. We look in verse 19. It says that that Sunday evening, they just heard the news. The disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. See, instead of the disciples celebrating, oh, we heard the news, they're afraid And who are they afraid of? They're afraid of people. What what about those people? You know, the people that crucified Jesus. You know, we we watch them as they put Jesus in the tomb. I'm afraid of those people because what if they do it to me? That's who they're going to come after next. Right. And so what did they do? They locked the door and they sat in fear. They huddled together. And they were like, how are we going to deal with this circumstance? It goes on and it says, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. See, out of nowhere, the risen living Lord came and changed these 10 people's lives forever it was never the same again could you just imagine that fear and they're they're like nobody can get in here it's just us and then boom Jesus is there he breaks through all of that and he shows up the same thing is true in our lives when we get caught in fear and we try to lock down there's nothing Jesus can break through all of those things. And and if you have your study guide, go ahead and pull that out. And I'd love as, as, as I'm speaking today, we're talking about God's word. Just go ahead and make notes on the side. But I have a few key points I want you to fill in. Because I know the king of peace. Fear is traded for peace. Fear is traded for peace. The fear that they had. What They they thought their lives were on the line. They had had emotional fear. They had physical fear. They had a spiritual fear of who's going to hold them through it. But when Jesus shows up, fear's traded for peace. When Jesus drops on the room, no matter what type of panic, no matter what type of fear is going on, Jesus drops it, and there's peace in the room. So, So we look... And we see that, that part of the reason that we find peace when we get connected with Jesus. I mean, think about it. Life can be so chaotic, and how am I going to pay this bill, and how am I going to do this? And what about my kids? What about my parents? How are these things going to get taken care of? And then when Jesus drops down, then it's like, wait a second. Jesus is, is way bigger than all of these things, and Jesus has it taken care of. Jesus isn't freaked out. I am. And so we start to realize, what about this peace when, when my fear is there? Part of the thing about peace is when we see Jesus and we're connected with Jesus, we're with Jesus. See, the problem is so many times is we're doing our own things. And Jesus is over here, and we're doing what we want. We're trying to control things, and we're trying to fix things. And, and what are we really doing? It's kind of like a tug of war. Jesus is going one way, and we're going our, our own way to try to deal with things, to try to control things. So, so in a sense, what are we doing? We're really at war with God right? Because God's going one way and we're going our own way. And so when we connect with Jesus and we sit under Jesus of what Jesus is doing, I mean, it's in Colossians 1, starting in the middle of verse 21, it says this, is that you were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless and you stand before him without a single fault. See, when someone turns from their sin and they turn to the peace that comes with God, their turmoils, the frustrations, the things that are going, they turn. And now we're we're feeling his absolute peace that comes from him. So when we're stuck over here, when we're at war with God. Boy, there's all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of frustrations that take place. But the Apostle Paul, I love how he said it. In Philippians four, verse seven, he says, Peace that passes all understanding. What Jesus can give us in the midst of chaos, it nobody can even express it. I mean, it blows our minds when we think of what Jesus can do in our situations. See, we'll go back to verse 20. It says, And he spoke, and he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy, when they saw the Lord. See, chaos can be all around you. Chaos, you you can't control your circumstances, the things that happen around you. But because of the presence of Jesus, you can have peace within. So in the midst of all of these things going on out there, Jesus is the only one that can give you peace here. You're watching the fireworks, you're watching the rats go by, you're watching everything. Chaos is taking place, but you can have peace because of Jesus in your life. See, here's the next thing that I want you to write down. is because I know the king of peace, wounds can be traded for joy. Those wounds, the things that, that are pain, they can be traded for joy. Who took on our pain? Who took on our sin Who took on our death? Jesus did. And he traded it for us for joy, that we can have joy in him. See, the disciples realized that they could feel joy in the midst of what were they feeling just 20 minutes before? Absolute fear and anxiety. They were feeling chaos. They had the door locked because they were afraid people were going to come in and take them away. But when Jesus shows up, a peace comes through. That's true for each one of us. See, joy is not the absence of suffering, but it's the presence of God. So joy isn't the absence. It's not a lot of times we just say, God, just make everything go away. God, just make everything go away, make everything happy, make everything cake and ice cream and unicorns, make everything just smooth and easy. And, and what God wants to do is give us something larger, something bigger than that. He wants to give us not just happiness, but he wants to give us that joy. See, in John 16, verse 22, it says, no one will take away your joy. See, a lot of times we think, oh, you know, you made me do that. I don't know. That's kind of weird saying that other people are making you do things. And, and, and a lot of times it's like, oh, you change. You, you stole my joy. You, you have a choice if you're going to stay with him. What does the scripture say? It says nobody else can take it. Nobody else can take your joy. You have a choice if you're going to stay in him or not. If you're going to embrace Jesus or not or focus on other things around you. See, it, it, in 1 in, uh, Peter 1, verse 8, it says joy unspeakable and full of glory. Unspeakable joy is what happens as we engage with Jesus, as we connect with Jesus, as we allow him full reign in our lives. When we say, Jesus, it's all about you. Instead of focusing, it's all about my problems. It's all about this. Or so many times we look in the mirror, it's all about me. Those are all the distractions that keep us from him. But, but we, we have to think about it. And, and there really is a spiritual war taking place for each one of us. Each one of us, we're in a spiritual warfare. There are two people after our joy. There are two people that want to move into our lives. And, and just write this down in John 10, 10, because this clearly lays out who are the two people that are moving and want to move in our lives. It says this, is that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, who's, who's talking here? Jesus is to give them a rich, satisfying life. So we have two things going on in your life every day. There's a spiritual battle that takes place in your soul. The enemy wants to he wants you to be a victim. He wants to take your joy away. He wants for you to say, forget it. I'm going to focus on other things other than Jesus. But Jesus wants to allow you to be a victor in the fight, in the battle. And to experience that joy, experience that hope that only he can give. See, when I'm connected in Jesus, the enemy just walks away. That's totally true. When I'm connected to Jesus and I'm focused and I'm worshiping. The enemy comes and it's like, forget that I'm out of here. I'm not going to mess with that as as we're connected. But what about as we take the break and we say, Oh, okay, Jesus, oh that was so great. Okay, so so now I've got these other things. Oh, I better pick up my my checkbook and I better go through that or go online and look at that. And I I better go, you know, my kids, oh boy, I better follow those those texts. What are those texts that I have to respond? And we start to focus on other things other than him, and he's on the midst of that. That's where the enemy loves to attack. That's where the enemy loves to come in to try to steal. That. See, there's a purpose that God wants to do in our life by sending Jesus. He wants to use each one of us to be a light, to be a city on a hill. And the enemy wants to put that light out. So I want you to write this in is that because I know the King of Peace, meaningless is traded for purpose. Meaningless is traded for purpose. I I love what the Bible says. It says, before having a relationship with Christ, we are blind. So what does that mean? Could you imagine the the mall? Let's go to Valencia Mall and everyone is blind. I mean, a couple people flipping off the rails, you know, I mean, it would just be absolute chaos, right? Well, I guess that looks a lot like our world, huh? You know, when you turn on the news and we see chaos, why? It's just because they're blind. But because of Jesus, he gives us sight and he gives us purpose and he gives us meaning in our lives. So when we look at verse 21 and it says, again, he said, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I am sending you. See, God has created your life for a calling, for a purpose. As you engage in your meaning for life. That's when you're most fulfilled. You know, when I talk to people, I'm like, I'm like, so, so what are you called to do? I mean, what, what's your purpose, you know? And they're like, well, you know, I'm a dad, you know, or I'm a mom or, uh, you know, I, I I work at the post, post office, or, you know, I got this or I got that, you know, and, and no, no, no. I mean, bigger than that. And, and I'm not trying to be crazy spiritual pastor question, but what really is your purpose here on earth? Is it just to make money to try to provide and then one day die? What is it? And so who can come up with that purpose? I can't I can't sit there and say, oh, here's what your purpose is. And here's what your purpose is. We have all kinds of of, of great tools and gifts. But what, what happens, it comes down to that. You have to connect and say, God, what is my purpose? Why am I here? What have you called me to do? See, you can trade that lack of worth, that feeling of like, I don't know why I'm here. And what Jesus is saying is, I have purpose for you. I have a reason for you here. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing? I don't know about you, but I've I've heard those voices before of being like, ah, you know, know, you're not good enough, or oh, you know, I don't know what you're doing, or I don't know, you know, And, and, and sometimes those voices even come from us. What's my value? What's my worth? But Jesus came and as Jesus fills the room, he says that there's purpose and value for you. See, here's the next thing that I want you to to, you know, in verse 22. Watch this really closely because it says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So imagine this room. Jesus comes in. He breathes on him. What what does that look like? That, that looks like the beginning of the book. When we go all the way back to Genesis and we see how God created mankind, how did he create them? I mean, with man, he just, he, he took some dirt. He, 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 he spit in that dirt, made a mud ball. You know, that, that's how mankind are. But, but what did he do? He, he breathed life. He gave life. He is the one that gives life. And I love what Jesus did as as he's like, you know what? We're going we're to see an axe and we're going to see how how the Holy Spirit drops down. And for every believer, the Holy Spirit comes down on you as you become a follower of Christ. But he said, for right now, I need to give you the strength that you need. He breathes on these people that a half an hour before were in absolute fear and he gives them life, and that's what he wants to do to each one of us. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life, but Jesus wants to encounter you, and he wants to breathe life in you. He wants to give you something that the world can't give you, and so what does that look like as we write down in our study guide? Is because I know the king of peace. Weakness is traded for power. Each of you can have power Because of Jesus, because of what he's done in your life, he has come to give you life and he's come to give it to you abundantly is what the scripture says. You know, in Acts, Acts 118, it says you shall receive the power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But what I want you to understand is each one of you as a believer, when you make a decision to follow Christ and you say, I I choose to follow him, I, I, I turn from this old life and I choose to follow him, that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. We are not alone at that point. The Holy Spirit is with us and will not leave us. The Holy Spirit is now in our lives. Now, here's the thing is sometimes... We try to do things on our own, and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move. I read this story, and, and it was a, a little thing from a missionary, and, and I, I figured I'd share it with you. It says this. It's during the middle of the five-year drought in Zimbabwe, I was the gardening type. To keep, to keep the remaining plants alive by pouring out over all the dishwater, we had to bring out buckets to to pour over things we we hired boys to haul buckets of water just to the small plot to keep the green plants alive took them all day to get the buckets full and cover the half acre plot and then when he goes on, he's, he's talking about how much work it took. They, they took every, every drop of water to pour just to get a little plot green. And then it talked about God coming and rain pouring on Zimbabwe. And that within five minutes, it completely soaked the area. It completely covered the area in rain that would have taken just hundreds of people with little buckets it would have taken months and months and months to try to cover that area. But what happened? It was that flow from God. S- for some of us, we live our lives trying to do it with that little bucket. How do I handle my family? Let me grab my bucket. Okay, I got a little bit. Okay, patience. How do I handle my kids? Patience. Okay, wait a second. Okay, let me count backwards. Ten, nine, nine. Eight, I picked a bad day to quit smoking. Six. Seven, five, four, oh, three. picked a bad day to stop drinking. Two, you know, I mean, we, we try to do it on our own, right? We try to do like a little bucket of our own power instead of what God wants to do and allow his power to release in our lives. See, verse 23 says, and this is this is this is where we end, and, and it's 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 interesting because we watch Jesus, this this relationship of people that are in fear, and the doors are locked, and Jesus comes in, and it's absolutely amazing. And 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 he gives them the Holy Spirit to move in their lives that so they're not alone anymore, but they have power. And then listen to how he ends this. He says, If if you forgive anyone's sins they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's kind of a weird way to end it, right? Because it's just huge, huge, big, big stuff. Now, this really is big, big stuff. So I want you to fill this in. Unforgiveness is traded for forgiveness. Jesus says we, we need to take that unforgiveness And as you're connected with me, it needs to be traded for forgiveness. Now, some of you have been at at church before and and, and you've heard the whole thing about how we need to forgive. And, you know, pretty much everyone says, oh, you know, resentment causes pain to your body. It causes pain to your life. You know, Uh, it's good to forgive people. You know, the the little kid um, uh, ruins that that project that you've been working for 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 three years. And and then they come up and they say, I'm sorry, you know, And, and it's like, what are we supposed to do? You're forgiven, you know, and it just becomes this thing that we, we talk about, but it doesn't seem that big. But Jesus realizes as he's sharing how big that is, how important forgiveness is in our lives. So let me give you some practical things. If you've got some room on your study guide, just write some of these things in, because I think one of the things that we have to understand, if we're going to deal with forgiveness, if we're going to deal with our unforgiveness, we have to acknowledge the pain that's in our life. We have to acknowledge if there's actual pain there or not. And so many times what we'll try to do is we'll just try to stop it. You know, when you start to think about it and it starts to get deep and you're like, oh, forget that. You know, that, that's getting a little heavy. That's getting a little too close to home. I don't want to really acknowledge what goes on. We try to justify things and, 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 and we just. Here, here, here's a very good indicator that you still have unforgiveness. Is that when you think of the person, when you talk about the person, when when those thoughts come to mind, you start to get a little anxious, you start to get a little angry, you start to get a little frustrated, you get a little mad, you get a little, you know, a, a little bit on edge, a little bit, and, and, and you start to realize, wait a second, you know, I get a little sad, I get a little depressed, I get a little... Uh just just a, a feeling of wanting to be alone and, a, and escape. And, 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 and once we can acknowledge that, now we realize, wait, there, there is something. There's an issue that's going on that God wants to move in my life. You know, I had a weird situation. Somebody ended up talking to me and they said, well, Rich, and, and, and they just said all this stuff and you did this and you did that. And, you, and, and I, I was just like, oh my gosh. I didn't do any of those things. But here's the thing. Is that's what he was holding on to? Now what can I really do about that? I really can't do a lot, right? I realized, wait, that was his choice of what he chose to thought and what, what to think and what he chose to hold on to. And I realized, wow, what a great picture for me. What are the things that I hold on to? I think about other people and I'm like, oh, you know, this happened and that happened. and This is my perspective and this is how I see it. And I hold on to those things and I try to just move on with life. And Jesus is saying, your forgiveness is so important. You know, and I think through that process of trying to find forgiveness, we have to think through the pain. We have to realize, wait a second, there was hurt that took place as this person sharing this with me. I was like, oh, my gosh. I feel very, very sorry for the pain and hurt that person's going through, for the way that they're thinking and the way that they're carrying that through life. I mean, guys, I think it's so much easier to see it in other people's lives than mine. But then I realized, wait a second, Rich, you do those same things, right? You can hold those things and you can carry that pain you can carry that brokenness. You know, a lot of times we blame ourselves. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or I was in the wrong place or blah, blah, blah. And and, and, and and we don't want to really acknowledge the pain. Guys, we've got to acknowledge the pain to be able to move past it. And once we identify it and we're like, wow, that really is, you know, uh, some, sometimes we're afraid to share it with anyone because people say, oh, that, that, that doesn't matter. Or, or why would you feel that way? Well, Guys, the reality is that's how you feel. That's how you think. And you're going to have to walk through that with God. You're going to have to share those things. So many times when we're trying to think about, how do I bring forgiveness? You know, how do I forgive this person for what they've done? You know, I got to acknowledge that there was a problem in the first place. I got to deal with that there was pain and that there was hurt. And then from there, I have to start to look and be like, wait, what, do, what about this person's shoes? that did this to me, what were they thinking? Did they do it intentionally? And 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 if they did do it intentionally, and I think many times that we're injured and hurt by other people, I, I think the other people, they don't even realize what took place. But I think we can start to look and realize, wait a second, there's a lot of pain in that person's life. There's a lot of hurt in that person's life. There's a lot of fear in that person's life. You know, I think we we started out the story and we looked at them locking the door and they were huddled in fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus casts out fear. But when I keep fear, fear turns to anger. Fear turns to rage. And I start to realize that the other person, where are they at? What's going through their life? What are they struggling with? start to change the perspective In, in Matthew 7 verse 12 it says so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you and we start to realize wait a second I need to ask for forgiveness where is this person at what is it that I would want in return what is it that I would want and then we have to remember who forgave us and that God really forgave all of us scripture earlier what did it say it said we were at war with him we were enemies with christ and during that time he loved us and laid his life down for us And we realized well wait a second i'm good at accepting this gift am i good at giving that gift to the people that are around me and even more than that we realize wait a second once i realize that there's unforgiveness I have a choice to do because listen to the scripture really close is, is in Mark eleven twenty five. 25. It says, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. It doesn't say, if you feel like it, after enough time goes by. This is just something we're called to do. So so tell me what happens if I know I need to forgive someone. The Bible says to forgive And I choose not to. I'm back at that tug of war, aren't I? I'm at war with God. I'm choosing to rebel against what God's called me to do. And I want you to know the next point is once I say, okay, this is what God's called me to do. I'm going to be faithful. We have to release the pain. It's going to come up. Some of you have been hurt and you would say, Rich, I mean, the the hairs go up on the back of my neck. The pain kicks in every time I think about this situation or every time I think about this person. Here's what you have to do with that pain. You have to take that pain and give it to the only one that can deal with it and to give it to God and say, God, I, I, I have to give this to you. Oh, I, I know I forgave that person a gazillion times, but I'm still dealing with that pain. And God, I give the pain to you. You know, it's so hard to be at war with God when I'm focused on Him. When that pain kicks in, when you think about that situation and the frustration, I encourage you, that's the time to just stop everything. Drop it all. And to pray and say, God, I need you. I need only what you can do in my life. And I need to just continue to forgive. I need to continue. For some of us, that, that that's going to be like a daily action that you're going to have to choose to forgive. Some of you, that, that may be an hourly action. It could be more than that. And as we pray I want to encourage you. This is what truly changes in forgiveness is when I don't just pray to say, God, help me. My pain, here it goes. But when I can get to the point to pray for the other person and I pray and I say, God, I want the best for this person. God, I want the absolute best for this person. God, I hope they prosper. God, I hope you just give them just such an incredible future. God, I want the best for that person. Now, does that person change? I don't know. Do I change? Absolutely. We talked about peace and joy. We can live in chaos, but it's about having Jesus here in my life, right inside of me. So as I care for the other person enough to pray for them about God's best, I want God's best. I want God to bless them. That's what brings healing. That gives peace. And, and, and so many times we think forgiveness is about the other person coming up and saying they're sorry. Guys, that may never, ever happen person may have died that person may have moved away that person may be in absolute rebellion and they will never do that but what are we talking about it's about me and him it's about me and jesus and saying i'm choosing to forgive jesus comes in he takes a room that's full of fear full of just just anxiety and frustration and he drops peace on the room and then he says i'm going to give you my spirit And he blows life into them. And he says, I want you to forgive. Guys, that's giant that's big. Don't look at it as a Hallmark card or anything, a cliche. It's huge. What is Jesus calling each one of us to do as we walk out of here today? We're going to grab a pastry in the back and we're going to have a cup of coffee and we're going to talk and then we're going to go on with life. And God is calling you to forgive. He's calling you to forgive, to let go of all of those things. What are the accounts that I have? I need to right now move forward to forgive. Guys, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are so awesome. You are so good. And God, we come to you today. God, we come to you in this room. And God, we want to encounter you. God, we want your spirit dropped on this place. God, we want that breath of life. And for so many of us, we just forget that it's even there. And we're, we're taking those little buckets and we're trying to do everything on our own. And if you've made a decision to follow Christ, that Holy Spirit is in you and wants to pour down on your situation. He wants to, to flood that fire zone in your life. No one can take that away from you. But it's your choice if you engage, if you encounter, if you move in what God's called you to do. And for some of you, it really is. It's about forgiveness. And all of the, the message, it all made sense. And Good, 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 good. Praise the Lord. We can go to Denny's afterwards and... But when it comes to forgiveness, you know that there's areas that God is dealing with you on. And I encourage you not to overlook it. That even right now as I pray, you can say, oh, yep, and Kevin and Scott and, and, and Michelle and, and, and Micah and, and Brad and, and, and uh, Linda and, and, and Mark and and the, whatever those things are that's going on in your life to start dealing with it now saying God help me in these areas and if, if, if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ or maybe, maybe you did you went through some motions and maybe you were uh, said, said a, a, a prayer or maybe you, you got baptized or took a class. But if tonight you entered into eternity, where would you go? If you were before God, what would you say? Would you say, I, I've done a lot of good things. I've tried to help people out. I'm an American. I don't I don't really do bad things. I got really religious people. I, I give money. I Try not to, to be one of those type of people. I'm a, I'm a lot better than other people. None of those things matter. All that God's going to say is have you engaged with me? Have you given your life to me? If that's a first time Or if that's a a 50th time that you said, I I just have to give my life to him. I just have to surrender. I want to agree with you today. I want to, as we pray, I want to agree with you because here's what's taking place. You're feeling the spirit move in your life of, I've got to turn my life to him. The angels in heaven, it says, they celebrate. They, They know exactly what's going on in your heart right now. And they're celebrating as you turn your life to him. If that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, um, I just want to agree with you. I want to encourage you in the decision to follow him. If that's you, I'm going to just open my eyes for a second. Would you just look at me if that's you? If today's the day to get your life right. Yeah, to surrender to him. Oh, Yeah. God knows exactly what's going on and he's breathing his life in you. Oh, Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much. You are so good. God, we ask that as we continue to worship, it would be a sweet, sweet offering to you. In Jesus' name, amen.